In 2018, Emily Kay got some bad news. I'll never forget where I was. It was like where you were when Kennedy was shot. I'll never forget where I was when someone called and said, you're not going to be able to get Tab anymore. Tab, the soda, Emily's favorite soda. It wasn't going to be distributed in her home city of Memphis anymore. Where were you? I was actually in Target looking for Tab. And someone called me and said, I've just heard that our bottler is going to quit making it here. So we all just flew into panic mode. We is Emily and her friends, Camille Miller, Adele Welford, and Kate Trammell. They all live in Memphis, and they're all self-described tabaholics. They have a text group where the only thing they talk about is tab. We talk about how nothing else in the world is like a tab. And if you have never had one, then you don't understand. What does that first sip of tab each day taste like? It's delicious, Ryan. Oh my gosh, it's so good. And the first sip really is the best, especially if it's good and cold. It's just, it's got a zip to it. There is no other soft drink that is anything like it. I don't know what you call it, but like the bite yeah. that you get. The burn and the bite. When you first drink a sip of tab, it's like liquid gold. That's a good way, Adele. When I don't have my tabs, I'm just not as happy of a person. Even though tab wasn't sold in Memphis after 2018, these tabaholics were resourceful. They shared tips about which out-of-town retailers still sold it. They picked up 12 packs for each other. They made it work. At least until last month, when Coca-Cola, the company that makes Tab, said it was discontinuing the brand for good. You know, I expected to hear from Tab fans about their disappointment, but what I didn't expect was sort of the depth of their sadness. Our colleague Jennifer Maloney broke the story about Tab, and she got a lot of reader emails afterward. People talked about how they felt like they were losing their oldest friend. They talked about Tab being the bright spot in their day, the thing that had been constant in their life since they were teenagers, that had gotten them through all of their life crises. They were really going through a grieving process. I mean, no disrespect, but it's soda. (laughs) What I discovered is that Tab fans are kind of in a league of their own. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Wednesday, November 25th. Coming up on the show, how superfans kept a failing soda alive for decades, and how Tab finally met its end. This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Looking to invest? Start your journey by exploring exchange-traded funds with GlobalX ETFs. Exchange-traded funds, or ETFs for short, create baskets of stocks, bonds, and other assets that you can buy in a single trade. GlobalX specializes in ETFs that track emerging trends, like the rise of artificial intelligence, as well as strategies aimed to generate income potential. Visit GlobalXETFs.com to discover how you can get started. The story of how the world found out about Tab's demise starts last month at the vet. One of the members of that Memphis text group, Kate Trammell, was there with her dog, Sully. 
I was just whiling away time in the waiting room and I pulled up the Wall Street Journal on my phone and the article was about companies narrowing their product lines. One of the companies mentioned was Coke. Coke was discontinuing some of its less popular drinks, stuff like Zico coconut water and obscure local brands like Delaware Punch. They were mostly niche brands that I wasn't even familiar with. But at any rate, it did not mention Tab and Tab drinkers are always in a state of concern (laughs) as to when Tab might be discontinued. So I just shot off a quick email by clicking the link at the bottom of the article. I think it was just like a little one-line thing. Did they mention anything about Tab? Our colleague Jennifer got that email. She asked me to find out what was going to happen with Tab. And I did. (laughs) Being the good investigative journalist that you are, what did you do after you got that email? I reached out to the company. I asked Coke, hey, what's going on with Tab? Can you tell me the status? And they said, Tab is going away. Oh, but Tab, Tab Cola, a beautiful drink for beautiful people. 16 ounces and just one calorie Tab. Tab, sadly, for all of you fans, is being discontinued. It was Coca-Cola's original diet soda, but after nearly 60 years, Tab is disappearing from stores. So let's start from the beginning. What is Tab? Tab was born in 1963. It was the very first diet soda sold by the Coca-Cola company. It was a project that Coca-Cola took on because they saw that sales were surging for this competitor product called Diet Right Cola. There was a growing number of women who were dieting or watching their weight, looking for low-calorie options, and Coke didn't have anything to offer them at the time. There was no such thing as Diet Coke at the time. It was just traditional, full-calorie Coca-Cola. So the folks at Coke decided, we need to come out with a diet soda, but (laughs) they didn't want to attach the Coca-Cola brand name to anything diet. They thought that would be sacrilege. So they invented a new brand. They called this thing Tab. They used one of those, like, random name generators, like three-letter word generators. What? Those existed back in the 60s? <laughs> yes. And it, like, spit out a bunch of names, and one of them was Tab. And it kind of evoked the idea of keeping Tab on your weight. Oh, okay. They marketed it to women. They put it in a pink can. And it was their very first diet soda. What was that marketing like? The ad that most people remember is this statuesque woman in a bikini walking on a beach drinking a tab. And there's a couple sitting on a beach on a towel, and the man just gapes at this woman in the bikini. And the woman with him, presumably like his girlfriend, dumps a cooler of cold water on his head, and then they both laugh, and she gives him a hug. There was another one that ran in the 60s that was even more amazing. (laughs) It said, be a mind sticker. Have a shape that sticks in your man's mind. Be in his mind. Be a mind sticker with a shape he can't forget. That seems so inappropriate. It's amazing now to think that these are the messages that they were using to market to women 
Like this was the messaging and the imagery that they were pitching to women. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But at the time, uh, it worked. It did work. Uh, It became the top-selling diet soda. But not everyone loved Tab. It does have a very distinct taste. And that's because as one of the very first diet sodas that came on the market, it used a sweetener called saccharin. And this sweetener has a metallic, astringent taste. Some people say it tastes like metal, and it can leave quite an aftertaste. So in 1982, Coke came out with another diet soda, one that used a different kind of sweetener. Introducing Diet Coke. You're gonna drink it just for the taste of it. In the 1960s, Coca-Cola was too scared to attach the venerable Coke name to a diet drink. But by the 80s, the game had changed. Diet soda was mainstream. And Coke decided that it was time to put its trademark brand behind a diet soda aimed at everybody, not just weight-conscious women. Just for the taste of it. Diet Coke! Coke had the benefit of new technology and sweeteners, which allowed them to develop a new formula for Diet Coke that had a smoother taste and replaced the saccharin that was in Tab with a brand new, just approved sweetener called aspartame, which didn't have that metallic astringent aftertaste. I see. So how successful was Diet Coke after it launched? Diet Coke was an instant phenomenon. It just blew Tab out of the water. A year after its launch, Diet Coke was the fourth best-selling soft drink in America. As for Tab... Tab sales declined over time and eventually just slowed to a trickle, became a tiny fraction of Coke's revenue to the point where it really was irrelevant to their business. And yet, for years, Coke kept Tab going because of the fans. Coca-Cola decided that they didn't want to poke the dragon, that even though as of the year 2001, it was less than a percent of their sales, it was worth preserving the goodwill of the public, of their tab drinkers, to keep this thing around, even though it really didn't make any business sense to do so. Coca-Cola kept tab alive, but just barely. It kept making tab concentrate, but left it up to local bottlers to actually make and distribute the final product. And a lot of regional bottlers chose not to, like the one in Memphis. So that's why you ended up with this patchwork of availability across the country. And so sometimes you had to drive across state lines, sometimes you had to drive halfway across the country. If you really, really wanted tab, you could find it. So this was the state of play between Coke, the bottlers, and the tabaholics, until the pandemic. Coca-Cola, like a lot of companies, had to really prioritize their most in-demand products during the pandemic. The supply chains across the country and the world were snarled and choked up. So makers of soda and potato chips and cars and motorcycles and ice cream, you name it, all kind of winnowed down their list of products that they were making to the most in-demand products. And a lot of things got temporarily shelved and Tab got shelved. But why did that temporary shelving of Tab become the end of Tab? Well, the Coca-Cola company has suffered a lot 
in terms of their sales because of the pandemic. If you think about all the places where you might buy a Coca-Cola product, a movie theater, a restaurant, a bar, a sports stadium, all these things have been closed. Some may not reopen for the foreseeable future. So sales are down and this is their moment to kind of take the paring knife and cut out everything that's not helping them grow. So it sounds like, like a lot of things in the economy right now, the pandemic is just sort of hastening what may have been inevitable. Yeah. Coke's announcement that it was winding down Tab at the end of the year set off a scramble. Tab fans took to Amazon to try and buy up the last cans. Prices soared, and Tab got harder and harder to find. Which is a problem, because I've never had it. Coming up, I take to the streets of New York City in search of my white whale, or in this case, pink aluminum can. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode of The Journal is brought to you by KPMG. At KPMG, we make the difference. It's not just something we say, it's what we do. We work closely with clients to uncover insights that illuminate opportunity, develop bold solutions that innovate industries, and create better outcomes driven by data. Brighter insights, bolder solutions, better outcomes. It's how our people make the difference. KPMG, make the difference. Partway through our interview, I had a confession to make to the Tabaholics in Memphis. I, I, I hope I don't offend you by being honest here and saying I've never had Tab. <laughs> You're not the majority. You're also probably too young. I know in New York City exactly what 7-Eleven or whatever they're called to go in and get one. Can you tell me where? Because I would like to go and try one. You go to the um, little grocery store on the corner of 81st and 3rd. It's just right there on the corner. And they stock them because another really good friend of mine lives on 81st between 3rd and Lex, and she forced them to stock the stuff. Well, I actually don't live that far from 81st and 3rd, so I'm going to go after we get off the phone and check it out. And so that's exactly what I did. I hopped on my Vespa and set out looking for Tab starting at that bodega on 81st Street. Do you sell tab? Oh, no. Do you no, used to? We used to have it. It's the pink one, right? Like, yeah, the pink one? Yeah. yeah, I don't have it anymore. It doesn't come anymore? No. What happened to it? I have no idea. No luck. No tab. I'm going to have to keep looking elsewhere. Do you, do you have tab? The soda? Yeah, it's like red or pink, kind of. They say it's like liquid gold. So you guys sell tab? Yeah, Coca-Cola brings it, but uh, lately they have it. Lately they haven't had it? Okay, I'm in the soda aisle. A lot of Coca-Cola. 
some sparkling water called Aha. Snapple, that still exists. Water, who wants that? Plenty of spin drips. LaCroix. I tried stores all over New York City, and no tab. Just lots of Diet Coke and LaCroix, which happens to be my personal favorite. How do you feel about LaCroix, which is like the millennial drink of choice? Well, I like it, but it's not, no. I mean, it's fine, (laughs) but it doesn't have caffeine. It doesn't have, you know, no five o'clock LaCroix over here. So what are you going to do now? I mean, are you just going to have to quit tab cold turkey? Yeah, I have seven left. Oh, Adele. Oh, gosh, Adele. I know. It's terrible. Well, because I had a debate with myself. Was I going to ration them out or was I just going to go till the end? And, you know, I just can't quit. I just have to go cold turkey when they run out. And so how many more days do you think you have left with those seven cans? (laughs) Well, I usually drink two, so I'm thinking about three days. Oh, my gosh. What are you going to... And then I'll have to go to Diet Pepsi, but I refuse to ever buy another Coke product as long as I live. I'm sure that'll threaten Coca-Cola to death. (laughs) (laughs) And, Ryan, this is Camille again. I would like to say that we do realize that there are a lot bigger problems in the world than the fact that we don't have cap. (laughs) Right. Of course. I have one other question I want each of you to answer in the few minutes we have left. If you could give Tab a eulogy, if you were speaking at its funeral, what would you say? It's Emily. I would say, so long, precious friend. It's been a long and wonderful ride, and I will never forget you. It's beautiful. Tab, you are the one thing that's been with me through everything, through ups and downs, as long as I can remember. Longer than a person, longer than a, you know, longer than my husband or my children. Or I've had a Tab. I could always count on it, being there. Yeah. Every breakup with every boyfriend, you know, flunking the test, any disappointment that happened to you, any great thing that happened to you, there was always a tab. It's like a friend died. Yeah. Yeah. Always faithful. It was so great talking with you, and best of luck in a world without tab. Think of us uh, during our withdrawal periods. I will. All right. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Ryan. That's all for today, Wednesday, November 25th. If you happen to have Tab or know where I can get some, please send me an email at ryan.knutson at wsj.com or send me a message on Twitter, at Ryan underscore Knutson. My DMs are open. In an earlier version of this podcast, we said that the Memphis Tabaholics chatted on WhatsApp, but they actually chatted via regular text. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and the Wall Street Journal. Your hosts are Kate Leinbaugh and me, Ryan Knutson. The show's produced by Catherine Brewer, Gerard Cole, Pia Gadkari, Annie Minoff, Afif Nasuli, Ricky Nevetsky, Enrique Perez, Sarah Platt, Willa Rubin, Annie Rostrasser, and Rob Zipko. Our engineers are Griffin Tanner and Nathan Singapak. Our theme music is by So Wiley. Additional music this week from Bobby Lord and Blue Dot Sessions. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasolka. We're off tomorrow and Friday for Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening. See you on Monday.